Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Teachers Talking. I'm Dustin. I'm here with my co-host, Ghazali, and we are extremely pleased and excited to be welcoming our first guest to the podcast. Welcome to Santa Maria Rivera. Thank Welcome, you. Welcome, Santa Maria. Yeah, Thank you so, so much. What a, what a pleasure uh, being the first teacher talking and also with a topic that we are going to to talk today. Thank you so much. I'm I'm very happy and excited about this. Oh, we are just thrilled to have you with us. So everybody, yes. the episode today is called From Burnout to Balance. These are strategies for teacher well-being. This is a perfect episode for this time of year as we are going into winter break. And so we're really going to focus our talk today on the question, how do you prioritize your mental health as an educator? Um, and we know that this is a really, really critical topic to be talking about right now, specifically because teacher burnout and sustainability is at an all-time high. Um, teachers are just turning over at enormous rates and leaving the profession at enormous rates. And we really want to help. And part of what we do with our podcast is to try to help people want to stay in this great profession. Um, but we need to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of all those babies that we serve out there. So before we get started with answering questions, Santa, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, and your background in education, please? Okay. So I would say that I have, believe it or not, <laughs> I have uh, 20 years in this profession. Uh, I started very young and I can tell you, uh, I started teaching in another country. My first, I would say five years. And then I came to US and I had been teaching here for 15 years. Uh, mostly I teach high school. And what about me? Also, I became in those years, I will say when I graduated in 2008 from my master's in education and social science, I started the path of meditation. You know, it was very interesting because in that year when I was studying, I got invited to 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 meet this this teacher and to start meditating. And I said, no, I'm so busy. I cannot do it now. But when I graduated, when I started. So it has been a very uh, beautiful journey because I started my teaching career here with my master's in US, but at the same time, meditating. And I can tell you that created a very, very big and very interesting path doing that at the same time. Like this is what I can tell about. And also, sorry, uh, I... I taught or I'm teaching, uh, sorry, Spanish and also social science, academic skills, you know, and meditation and yoga in the schools. Beautiful. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I want to get into a bit of meditation myself. So uh, do you have some quick tips on, on what kind of meditation? I know there's so many kinds when I did my research. what Which ones do you uh, specialize in? You know, I specialize what we know as transcendental meditation. Uh, I don't belong to the transcendental meditation organization. Uh, the teacher who taught me and also the other teacher in India who taught me, uh, we call Vedic meditation or we call also Sattva meditation. But in ba the base is transcendental. Why transcendental? Because you transcend the thoughts. You transcend beyond the thoughts. This is why transcendental. But uh, there are many types of meditation. So what I can say to the people and to the teachers is just to start, you know, um, doing some inquiry or exploring the meditations that uh, you may like. And if there is something that you say, this is for me, stick with it. Because that is the one who will help you to transcend, you know, to unstress and also to live in the present and really realize that this is a short life. And sometimes, you know, people, teachers forget about that. Yeah. And and we and we leave the 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 dreams or the desires or the intentions until the, the end. And what happened? 
we are already 60, 17 years old. So why not now? Oh, that's a good, good answer. Um, <laughs> what are some common challenges educators face regarding their mental health? And how do these impact their work? Oh my God, I can tell you <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot, you know, um, I would say one of the most I see and not many people talk about it is when you really, um, I can tell you me as a meditation teacher, I can, I can see then I can see and feel the energies, right? Because, okay. is long time meditator, but I see one of the, the biggest is that the teacher, because he's empowered, you know, like to help, the, the students, the whole classroom to manage and everything and to deal with the administrators and, you know, the whole community. Sometimes even when they don't have a healthy or mind or they are not in the positive mind or maybe they are sick or something, they try to cover. And when you cover that, you actually are having like, um, I would say, not um, a pure, genuine humanity in touch with you. So I see a lot of teachers who are having sometimes, you know, hard times in their life, challenges or something, but because they know they need to be there and taking care of everything, they try to cover, but guess what? That continues building until one day can be a breakdown. And I had seen a lot of that, yeah. right? Yeah, so, so yeah. I I can relate with that. Um, with our profession as teachers, you know, we face uh, excessive workload. Uh, and you mentioned the administrative tasks and large class sizes, and it's getting larger now because we have less teachers. So all mm -hmm. these lead to exhaustion and stress and feelings of inadequacy. I Do you think that teachers put a lot of uh, burden on themselves sometimes? You say burden is the word that you use, sorry? Uh, yes. So we, yes. we tend to blame ourselves for yes. what is happening that mm -hmm. we cannot control yes mm -hmm. of course uh you know you can you can name many professionals and i know you know I, I have so much respect for for the teachers because this is my profession as well and i know we always want to do the best but definitely yes we we put a lot of burden and we know why we this is happening and we want to solve it. And we are like accumulating all of these stresses that we live. And this is what I said. Um, meditation, when I started, is I said, this is the formula for me to continue teaching, right? Because exactly, I saw these stresses and I saw in other teachers, for example, it's very common. And I can tell you, I... I one of them too. Sometimes the eating, the eating, or or certain, uh, I would say, um, enter entertainment. You know, for you to get out of that burden that you have, that sometimes may not be healthy, right? So, uh, and and yes, it's like like a cycle. Like sometimes you cannot even break because you say, okay, I have this life. You see a lot of happy teachers. Trust me, one of my, um, uh, I would say, uh, sad moments that I can have is see teachers that are not happy. And why? Because I will tell you, first of all, for that teacher, but second, because all that energy is passing to the students. So if we are not happy, if we are not a, high, a life that is fulfilled, how we are going to pass to others? And that is the thing that, for me, the most um, concerns me. I know the, the the mental health is so important, so important to, to really be in balance, to be happy, to really know that this is the present and to continue that, okay, I will be teaching this, I will deliver this well, so my students get inspire, inspired and they will learn. But if I am not happy, if I am not fulfilled in my life, I will be a very miserable teacher and I will well, I will transfer that energy to the students. That is the worst part that I feel. Yeah. 
I agree. I can relate to that. Um, Dustin, how about from an administrative point of view, what, what input can you add to this? Yeah. And, um, you know, first I'll say that I think about teacher wellness and mental health. It's like when you travel and you get on an airplane, they go through all the safety instructions, right? And they always tell you, you need to put your safety mask on first before you put on the the mask of the children. Because if you don't save yourself first, then you can't save the children. And to me, that's very much like mental health, where it's like, if you're not taking care of yourself, then how in the world can you show up to school and take care of those kids? And also as teachers, so often it's like, I feel, yes, I feel the need that I really need to be there for my kids. The kids need me. And then there comes that challenge of what it means to have to write sub plans and how well will those sub plans be executed and what's going to happen if I take a day off for myself? What am I coming back to? Because so often people experience coming back to more work than when they left. And that's something that scares teachers where they say, I'll, I'd rather push through than, um, you know, take the time for myself. So, but I would say from an administrative point of view, it's very, very similar to everything that Santa said, right? We, we go through, we have lots of responsibilities. There are lots of stresses that happen at schools for everybody. Um, I've had many a days where I have walked out of school in trauma, <laughs> you know, personally, and, I still was more times than not showing up the next day, even if I knew that I probably should take a day off. But from the admin point of view, I needed to be there for my teachers because if they were going to show up, then I should show up. Right. So um, it, it just it's hard, I think, as educators in general to feel like being away from school is okay when everybody else is there. That's just something like that we put a, a burden on ourselves. Um, but we have to, and I've learned that more in the last couple of years than I, I did in my early years um, where I've been far more willing over the last two years to say, I'm burned out. I'm stressed. I'm under high anxiety and I cannot show up my best. And if I can't be my best for students, I, sh I shouldn't be there. Um, and so I've taken days to sit home, to binge TV for a day or play video games or go sit on my back, my back porch, do whatever it was that I need. And from a meditation standpoint, I started to find that when I was having rough days at school, finding just five minutes to sit and meditate and try to bring myself, recenter myself became a very critical practice for me. So, yeah, excellent. Dustin. By the way, you are an excellent administrator. And I, I, I will say that I had the privilege that I I work with one of the best teams, I would say, of the whole planet um, with the other administrators that we work together because many times, because those administrators, I did, I I, I wake up, you know, I wake up, I do my meditation, everything, but I go because that administrator is there because he's one of my heroes and because he's there besides the student, you know? So when, when you have that support and that, uh, I would say, interaction human to human, you, you, you become, uh, you really know that you are supported and he or she understand you, you, you are a human and you have needs and also that you can get tired or you can get the burnout and you not some rest and then to recover and then come back. So what you said, uh, thank you, because this is exactly what teachers are appreciating to have administrators who are human, who understand the humanity to, to embrace that humanity. And talking about my experience, uh, I will say that, yes, maybe some colleagues see me or saw me as, um, I will say, as an alien, because I took my time to go to India every year. And and besides that, um, I was, you know, Dustin, I was uh, at the same time organizing trips every year to Europe or Japan to bring in students. So I will say I, get, I gave a lot of time 
you know, for, for education, but also uh, I have the opportunity that the administration that it was in charge gave me the opportunity to take one week, for example, I requested one five days, right? Uh, before or after Thanksgiving, because I went to train myself for yoga and for meditation. And that, 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 um, that trainings I offered to the community. So that was like the change. So here I'm not saying that the teachers need to lose the days or ask for days. No, I'm not encouraging that. But you need to find the ways, the creative ways to see, okay, I'm giving, but also what can I receive and I can give to the community. So this is exactly what I did for five consecutive years. Exactly that, like going to train for me was like uh, uh, breathing there, right? Uh, like retreat and and then coming back and then continue, continue twice a, twice a week, teaching meditation yoga to students, to the parents, and also organizing those streets for summer, which I didn't have my summer because I went with them. So it's, to, it's the way to create a balance, but also to know that you are serving. First of all, serving, but also uh, taking care of yourself. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, how we are going to serve? Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So what would you guys say are some warning signs that educators should be aware of within themselves or within their colleagues that might be indicating that they're starting to burn out and should do something for themselves. Okay, you know, I will talk about me, but also about some colleagues, the the first signs that you can see in a teacher or you can feel that you burn out is that uh, you feel that you don't you don't have the time. The, the time is not uh, on your favor. You feel very overwhelmed. Uh, that can create anxiety. Uh, you feel that you you are not enjoying the profession. You feel that sometimes you want to scream. You feel that you are not present. You want the day to become so fast. Um, you know, many times, like, you really know, like, is you are not happy in that moment. And it could be in many ways, as I said, you are tired, you are uh, knowing. Also, you know, teachers, we reflect a lot at the end of the day or every single class, right? And you feel, why well, speak to the, to like this to this student? It's not fair, right? And you start saying, okay, so wait a minute, something is happening here, right? So, so those can be a sign that you want to escape. You want to escape. And I had many teachers who had shared with me that sometimes when, you know, it's back to back the classes and then you finish one period and then you had only like five or seven minutes in the the passing periods. And then you see that enter all these amount of students is just want to screen and, and, and round and you cannot do that. So imagine the burden that the teachers have. And that happened to me in the past when I started teaching I said, oh my God, another class. Ah, and all of the enter and you know, the students come after lunch or breaks and and then you need to have that uh, to center and to have that classroom management for them to, to really be ready to learn. So there is a lot of work. It's not only intellectual, it's also physically and energetically. The three, I will say the three levels, the three levels uh, of, of the human. So this is why for me, the yogic studies Help me to understand not only my biology, also my mind and my 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 energetic energetic body. You know, because we had that. Zali, do you have any additional um you know warning signs or or triggers that you that you have noticed in you know yourself or in colleagues that people can help to be aware of? Yes, uh, in my sessions with my mentees, you know, when I'm doing the counseling, um, there's also that psychological aspect. So what I hear often are things like, you know, when they say they feel difficulty to empathize or feel compassion for the student, they suddenly feel detached, you know, there's a sense of depersonalization. Um, they see students as objects or burdens rather than individuals. 
you know, they 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 blame the students for the things that they have to do, things like marking and and all the administrative work, you know, uh, the actual lesson plans that they have to do. So all that they they connected to the students. So they are, that's why they feel such a uh, heavy burden. Um, they do not want to enter the classroom, you know. Uh, and the minute they step into the school, the stress level goes up when nothing has happened yet. <laughs> yeah. So. I guess some of the warning signs uh, are an increased use of sarcasm or cynicism in interactions with colleagues and students, especially about the teaching profession. Yep, so those are the things that I observe. Yeah, yeah. and I'll say too for myself, like I found myself um, over the last year or so becoming far more cynical and negative and that's was one of the things that made me really realize that like I wasn't taking very good care of myself. And I'll say too, sleeping, uh, I, when I'm really stressed, um, and I have a lot going on and I'm not doing a good jo job of taking care of my own mental well being. I do not sleep well. I have very restless, active dreams and I dream about the problems that I'm having like at work. And so then it just feels like 24 seven, I'm dealing with school and, and there was never a way of like releasing. So those were two things for me, the cynicism and the lack of sleep. You, I would like to, to mention that. Okay. Right now talking about the wellness and, you know, when I went to hear the first um, talk on one of my teachers, of meditation is that, uh, and it's also documented, right? Very in many studies that 20 minutes of deep meditation is equivalent to five hours of sleeping. When I hear that, being a teacher cut me and I say, wow. So I started meditating, I tried it. And I can tell you that my body, my physiology, my mind, everything transformed. And I say, yes, people even understand how you can sleep so little and be so energetic. Of course, sleeping is so important, but because the meditation gives you that benefit, you always have the energy. Now, what happened during meditation, this is why I always tell to the teachers, please go and look for one uh, technique that you, you, you can do. Why? Because we are on a stressing, but at the same time, we are receiving energy. It happened both. And, and, you know, there is a lot of studies there. So, so with this, I can say coming from my experience is that twice a day, I retreat in these 20 minutes in my cell, in my inner cell, or with the, the connection with the, we'll say universe, right? But with those 20 minutes gave me the possibility for me to be in touch with my being. So when you are in touch with your being, you actually, and this is the studies in India that says, you actually are going to be in action. You establish in union, and then you are ready to to perform the action. And this is one of the phrases that are in some of the very ancient books in India, in the Bhagavad Gita, that says, first establish yourself in unity, in yoga, and then perform the action. And this is exactly what I did during my, or I do during my practice of teaching or whatever I do in life. That's a really interesting uh, take on the the benefits of meditation. Yeah. So I didn't know about that, that you could use meditation in replace of sleep. Yeah. So uh, that is something that is new. And I think that I'll definitely look into meditation more. Um, in addition to meditation, what self-care practices have you found most effective in maintaining your mental health during the school year? Okay. You ask me about myself, I will ask you, and then I will tell you another ones that can work for other teachers. For me, uh, of course, number one, meditation. Um, also, uh, it could be a, 
yoga, bueno, yoga, I will explain what is yoga. Yoga, actually, meditation is yoga. So I will say asana, which is the architect of the body, the architecture of the body. This is the asana, the poses. But also uh, can be the exercise, whatever exercise that you, you like, that really put you in that present. And also the breathing technique, you know, right now humanity are paying attention to the breathings. Before it was like, no, like, was subestimate, you know, it was people don't pay attention. But now the breathing is so important. I think the pandemic brings us this, how important it is to breathe, right? So this is another activity that can really help us to, to, to recharge the energy in, in our energetic body and also in our physiology. Uh, another uh, do that I that I do, I mean, other thing that I do, sorry, for me to continue is to do things that I enjoy it, the most enjoy it, right? Like to have, my God, let me, uh, to have that uh, a space for you. Sorry, the phone, I need to. <laughs> to have that space, to have that space um, where you can say, okay, I like to do this. I enjoy it and living, no, no living that at the, the end. You understand? Because there is a tendency to procrastinate and, and we put first, okay, I need to do the lesson. I need to create this. And then I had seen teachers actually like competing who is doing more, right? And if you see who is doing more, but tell me, I prefer to say, tell me who is more happy, which one is more happy, right? So, so another way I can say that teachers can help is to also have a good group or community with the teachers and exchange pet practices or even lessons. So you don't have the board. I'm really sorry. Oh, let me, <laughs> the phone is ringing. Okay. So, okay. So, <laughs> okay. so, so what I said is looking ways for the teachers to facilitate and to be more practical, right? And I think every one of us can find out, can find out. You know, every one of us, uh, for example, there are some teachers that they never bring work to the school, to, sorry, to the to their houses. Mm -hmm. And I one of them, I am one of them. So I had my rule to, to do whatever, all the work to do in the classroom. Maybe I take 30 minutes after one hour after school or before, but that gives me the way to go home, to come back home and to really enjoy my sanctuary. And not keeping nothing uh, more, right? Like, oh, what I will do because you mentioned us and it's true. Teachers who are not organized, sometimes the tendency is, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> You're very popular. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. You don't. Oh my God. Let me see. Let me, let me, Mike. I'm really You're sorry okay. about this. Yes. You're okay. Because I turn off the phone, so <laughs> let me tell you, is is it, when I meditate, to the phones. So it's oh my god! I hope you get you can edit this, right? <laughs> We're gonna leave it in. There's nothing wrong with no, the live. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, it's continue. You know, I really appreciate all the things you said because many. I actually learned a lot of my own self care from getting to know you. I never did yoga or meditated until then. Um, and that was kind of when I first started, but the last thing you ended on is something that is really, really important to me, which is creating boundaries with school. And that's something that teachers, I know for sure in the majority of my career, I was not good at creating boundaries between school and my home life. I, I have traditionally been somebody who would take work home with me. I would go home. I would work all day and then go home and work until 10 or 11 o'clock at night. I would give up all, all day of my Saturday. Sometimes I'd be working at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning and I wouldn't quit until eight or, eight or nine o'clock at night, you know? Um, so creating the boundaries from, from work is really important. Um, for me, that started with taking work email off my phone. It was such a simple thing, but I couldn't help but respond like, you know, I'm like everybody else. You get that little notification and you want to clear it. And then I read a work email when I shouldn't read a work email. And then I'm responding when I shouldn't respond. And then that becomes the norm. 
Um, so even just setting boundaries with things like that, getting things off of your phone as much as possible, um, letting your students know like when you will and will not answer emails, um, you know, all of those sorts of things. And, and I really, uh, you know, setting time aside very specific days after school would be the only time and then leaving work meant that's it. I'm done. And so I started to do those couple of things over the last few years. And that's when I really started to create much better balance for myself and really started taking better care of myself on top of, you know, doing things that I enjoy. Sometimes it was working out, um, but like taking time to like do things like go to music festivals and stuff like that are important to me. And those are the ways that I release because when I do things like that, I'm not thinking about work. I'm just enjoying my life. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I just really appreciate all that insight that you're bringing us. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's my pleasure really talking about these practices, conscious practices or things that we enjoy in life. So we know that we are embracing our own humanity because, you know, when we are a teacher, sometimes we say, okay, we know everything. We can help with everything. But the truth is that we are humans, right? And we have desires, we have intentions, and, and we need those spaces for us to to create that fulfillment, right? And always, as you said, some people give it um, for later, for later, procrastinate, procrastinate. So when that will happen, never, because you are always thinking about in the future. So this is what I said, a practice that really can put you in the present. And you are living in the present. And when you are in the present, you only have the present and you are only focused in that moment. So this is how uh, you can have an advantage that even you feel that your day stand in, in, in the time and you had more organized thoughts. So I would say organization and organized thoughts in the teaching career is so important because uh, as you said, you put those boundaries we have that organization that uh, we can let them know the students how to write at what time, uh, our time for us to do our activities, et cetera, right? That we we really have that uh, priority, which is us, but also the priority to, to be organized and to deliver well what is our service. So we touched on this a little bit, but... How can administrators contribute to creating a more supportive environment for teacher mental health within their schools? Okay. Okay, I will say one that had happened to me and I will say one administrator who really gave me the opportunity for me to, to, be, to be training these disciplines and to recognize that these disciplines for me create uh, more balance and also more happiness. And one of the things that told me, I always remember, uh, Mr. Marola, I will name his name, is that if, if I had happy teachers, I had happy students. So it could be whatever thing that really gives you that nectar of life and you feel it and you really go and and you can expand, right? It is necessary to be meditation, could be another practice that really puts you in the present. Some people mm -hmm. like, for example, the art to paint. Some people like to, to do like hiking. Some people, you know, whatever thing really to center in your humanity, in your being. This is why I can say, now, these type of administrators are gold. They are gold because they really empathize with, with you in the, in, in, in the way that we are, we, we are human beings who had also, again, desire, intentions. We had families. We had friends, right? It's not only to have this use like a square and you need to, to, to teach and that's it. So open ways how teachers can have these opportunities maybe to to check you know once a month or, or every two weeks how are you or to be that open channel and where we can communicate without the teachers to be 
to feel some type of intimidation because he's the administrator and you know and he will observe me but to really create that um more human environment i would say because we are also teaching humans we are we are helping others do you understand so uh, Dustin, I uh, and Glass said I had the I had administrators in the past where I said, oh my God, the some administrators who were even taking pictures or recording or everything single thing while the teacher was teaching. Imagine those teachers how they feel, yeah. and that doesn't help, doesn't create an space for the teacher to really be honored. And to really be recognized because it's like, what are you observing like that? A machine or or a performance? Mm -hmm. I know that the administrators need to observe, but at the point where the teacher sometimes can be uncomfortable with such behaviors. I don't know if you understand my point. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, because you called out Mr. Marola, I will build off of that. He is one of only two administrators that I've ever worked with who not only recognized when people needed a break, he forced you to take it. He was the principal who would walk up to you and say, you're taking tomorrow off. Don't come here. Exactly. <laughs> you know, go take care of, go take care of yourself. And I had one other principal who was very much the same. She would come to me. It's uh, Miss Davis here in Chicago would come, would go to us and say, you need to plan a day off. And I want it to be sometime between now and in the next two weeks, you better take a day off. No ifs, mm -hmm. ands, or buts. You have to take care of yourself. I need your, yeah. I need you at your best. And I need to make sure that like you're taking the time to be at your best. And sometimes like that, they would come and say something like that to me when I wasn't even feeling like I needed a day off. Right. But sometimes they would just recognize that you haven't taken a day off since the last break that we had or whatever, or the last day we had off as a school. And they just felt it was important that they were encouraging their people to use days. And oftentimes they were like, take a sick day. You don't need to take PTO. Like, your mental health is sick. So go do that. Uh, and, and that's just something I always appreciated from those two principles in particular, because I've worked with a variety of principles and they're the only two who ever um, did that. And I, you know, that's how I learned to be a more empathetic leader as well, because that's how I ended up coaching my teachers was being like, Hey, you're not doing well. And that's okay. Please take a day off. Let's work together and find a good one. I'll cover your class. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this is the same administrator, the same principal, uh, one talking about that he gave me all this opportunity. And also I wake up every day, Dustin, going to work and saying how inspired I am by this uh, human being, by Mr. Marola. So it's not like waking up only because of the students, because it's the first, of course, motor that we have, but also waking up and going and show up because of the great leader that I had there in front of me. So when you have that, uh, that type of leaders uh, and leadership, it is like the energy that expands yeah. and it's the creation because I do remember that team, we were all like, these super powerful people, you know, who were there to teach and to save and to give a lot to the students because we had this great leader and everyone felt the same energy. I don't know what you think, but it is exactly the way I feel. And, and like this is consciousness. Like this is the collective consciousness, what, what also meditation bring. When the person is totally enlightened, that person also goes and also can be that type of energy. Yeah, when leaders model what they want, right? And that's something I've been talking a lot about on social media is, uh, in regards to our students is, uh, you know, modeling 
what we want is more how we're going to get what we expect from our kids. And it's the same when it's with adults, like the more that leaders model what they want out of their teachers and they take their own mental health seriously, they're going to take the mental health of their teachers more seriously too. Um, And I will just end this note on the fact that that school was easily the most powerful and most energetic, supportive, and yet peaceful group of people that I ever worked with. I've never felt more connected to an entire group of teachers and leaders and staff and a school community ever um, than, than the two years I spent there. It was a special community and it was because we pushed each other to do great things and we pushed each other to take care of ourselves so that we could take care of our kids. Exactly. We support, we support each other. And I do feel the same, Dustin. It's very beautiful to listen this from you, you know, because maybe in the past we had never spoken about this, but it's exactly how I feel to be working with such uh, great uh, leaders, you know, as a teachers, as educators, and how we felt that peace as you're talking, you know, and, and let me tell you, um, charter schools, what I had seen, we were five times more that yeah. are just regular public school in the US. So imagine we were like doing this five times more work, but at the same time, happy and with peace and, and working a lot because we see each other and we knew that we were working at the same level a lot. No one there was doing less job. Why? Because we knew the job that we have in front. And I, I was the only a Spanish teacher there. And of course, Mr. Lee also teaching only the, the part-time, but I was the only one who was like, you know, and also other teachers as well. So, so we really experienced that powerful environment, but also I experienced the support that I always tell to Mr. Marola, appreciate to support me in the path also of meditation and yoga, because I was doing both. And for mm-hmm. me, it really means a lot in my life because I know one of the things I would, well, I would like to share is that in these years of teaching, you know, you know that there will be some time when you will retire, right? And and you will say, okay, I live in the classroom because, you know, I am already 70 or 68, 70, 75, whatever. And some teachers I know they they retire and and of course they they start uh, traveling or they start maybe they some of them put a business etc or they go to volunteer, but in my case because I really love to teach and also I love to being able to help people to create better ways of living and to really know their best potential. I said, I think I will die teaching meditation. So maybe people come with me and I will be teaching them. So this is one of my <laughs> of my desires, right? Intentions, why I'm doing this? Because I want to continue. It doesn't matter if I am 100 or whatever, right? So that he gave me that opportunity, but also, but also the opportunity to to be a happy teacher, to create that balance, to know that, okay, I'm doing this service, but also I'm, I'm flowing in my life, like the river. So, sorry. So, so it's like that. So if, if we had more administrators who really empathize with, with who we are, with our humanity, where our, our intentions where uh, you know, it will be so easy. It will be so easy because we don't feel alone. Um, after the pandemic, I I had listened some teachers that said some administrators haven't understand that the world is changing, and they want us to do the same, right? Yeah. And right now, another thing is invite to the administrators to flow with the evolution, 
of the planet because it's not only the teachers who needs to work with the technology, but it's also everyone and to understand that there are other ways for learning. Yes, I think I'm hearing a lot of good uh, things, uh, especially uh, advice uh, on how to run a school properly. Um, and I'm hearing that, you know, teamwork is important and a good administrator does that, builds great teams that can work together. Um, but I also realized that, you know, there's sometimes there's this stigma related to mental health. So my, my question is, um, how can educators initiate and participate in open conversations about mental health without fear of judgment, especially when they are recognized as being in a team, right? So you don't want to be the weak link in the team. So how then do you discuss about mental health within a team setting for, you know, to, to, for your own well-being and the well-being of the team and the group and the school in general? Y yes. Okay. In, in the organizations, in the schools, you know, we have the departments and also they could be through the, the coach, you know, and they're also to advocate and to help the teachers to develop their best. So I would say how to open that dialogue and how to open that, okay, we need this space to create, uh, to really be conscious of creating activities or maybe courses for the teachers for them to be in a, in a very well state, you know, mental state, you know, well-being. And I would say it could be true to, to exactly to these administrators who are there to support the teachers, to have open conversations, serious, you know, genuine, and also talking between the department and say, okay, we found that this is important for us because we need it. And then bringing from that to the to the vice principals or the administrators, and then to the principal, right? But it, it should be a word for all the teachers. No, as you say, no only one because if it's only one, they will say, "Oh, there is fear at what they will say. Why well, I want this, right?" And this is actually happened. This is very very natural that happened in in the school setting. That sometimes teacher don't speak out because they are like, ah, what they will say if I speak. So also, other way could be schools that have union to the union too, because sometimes the leaders are also there to help. So they can express that maybe we, we need some activities, you know, some opportunities for us to really, to, uh, to learn practices that will help, right, uh, teachers. In, in their mental health, I will say, because it's directly. But it will start first with the community, you know, in between the teachers, then the department, then to talk with the person who is the administrator or the coach, and then uh, and then until get to the to the person who is in charge. This is this is the way I see it right now as a teacher. Right? And it started, yes. and it started, and as and as we say, be exemplary human, exemplary human of what exemplary leader in the way that you 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 live your life and you are happy, and then when when other teachers see you, I you are always happy, you are smiling. How do you do that? Oh, I practice this, so they know. It's also through work. That happened a lot to me, okay? That they say, how do you do that? Say, ah, because I meditate. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> you know, I there was a teacher who told me one day, eh, you know, Santa, meditation has been here thousands of years. And I say, yes, you are right. And then he said, but if that works so nicely, why the people don't do it? And I said to him, I am asking the same, why the people don't do it? <laughs> yes, that's a great uh, analogy that sometimes, you know, we, we see things as being there and it's meant to help others uh, and help ourselves. Then why don't we do it? But sometimes life is, you know, uh, it's just like that. It, you are, you are, like you say, we procrastinate or we may be distracted with our jobs, our duties, and that's why we don't do it because uh, we have no time. So we make time. And I think that's what a good administrator does. 
um, a good administrator makes time for all these conversations to take place in the school setting. There should exactly. be white spaces available, right? And you should also have like a, a program you know, for teachers, integrate uh, discussions about mental health into their professional development opportunities and staff meetings even, you know, you will spend, like you said, if you can meditate for, for 20 minutes and it's equivalent to like five hours of sleeping, so why can't we just have like a 15-minute discussion on mental health during staff meetings? Uh, you know, so that could really uh, help a lot of teachers. Uh, Dustin, so what's your take on this? Yeah, yeah, you know, I worked at a school, actually, right after I left the school that I was with Santa at, I went to another school and part of their program at the school actually was Transcendental Meditation. It blew my mind and it made me think about like that this is something every school should do. <laughs> but literally their school, twice a day, they stopped for 10 minutes and the entire school meditated, period. There wasn't, you could hear a pin drop in that school. And they actually had somebody on campus to teach kids and teachers transcendental meditation. So I actually got trained in transcendental meditation when I was there like really randomly. And um, it was just incredible. And then kids who didn't want to do it, they there was no for you, you weren't forced. So sometimes you'd walk by classrooms during that time and peek in windows and you'd see some kids meditating and you'd see other kids just with like their heads down or whatever, as long as it was, it was like a 10 minute reset twice a day. It made huge differences for everybody, for kids, for adults, it was just a really different community. And like you guys are saying about just like, why don't people do a practice that we know works? Like, why don't schools do, do this more yes. often? Our kids <laughs> are under a lot of stress and so are our teachers. Like, yeah, it seems like such a simple solution, but it's about time and it's always becomes about time, right? And time is hard to come by, but also saying we don't have time is just an excuse. If mm -hmm. it's that important, we have to make the time. Exactly. And I would like to add to that, Dustin, uh, you know, in the school where I was working with you, uh, I, I was teaching meditation and yoga after school to the parents. And then the last two years there, I taught the students as a curriculum. So uh, since I I am certified to do that with with uh, with youth with with that age, let me tell you that my students, all the teachers, asked them, "What is your best class?" Guess what they said? Said the yoga class, yep. and and when they took, they really took very seriously because it was actually a challenging because we needed to 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 move all the desk when they come, and then to move back because it was imagine. My classroom was a Spanish class, but when they entered, when we had the yoga class, we moved everything. So it was part of the seva, we say service. So they knew that they 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 moved everything and they will move back. But still, when the class ended, they said, we don't want to leave your classroom. We want to be here. I want to be here the whole day. So when you listen that the students is that they really feel you know, that comfort, that energy. And I many times I told them, you know, you are very privileged because not many students in LA or in other cities are having what you have right now, right? Because I, I remember they do the yoga, but also at the, the end, the Shavasana, you know, when they lay down and then it was with the music and then just relax and let go. So for them it was fantastic. And it only took like 10 minutes after the yoga class. And they were, wow. I say, why, why can I sleep here? Why can rest here? Why cannot do this in my house? And I, yes. So, so, you know, I like to speak about these experiences because also in the, the, the last school I was the last two years, uh, in the high school, I request and I asked to the administrators as a something that I can contribute contribute in my classes. And they allow me to start my classes with five minute meditation, silent meditation. So what I did is exactly the trainer that you had in your school, Dustin, I trained the students, every single of them to meditate. 
And then uh, I didn't force all the students to do it, but always sometimes in any class, maybe I have like maybe two students that didn't want it to meditate, but they put their head down and they relax. So let me tell you the, the surprise that I have in some of the classes, I had some students coming with me and telling me, teacher, would you allow me to guide and start the meditation? So I had actually students guiding meditation to their own classmates at that level. When I say yeah. that, I say, wow. You know, because the students, imagine, and, and one of them was the 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 uh, um, basketball player and they was in the team and he wanted to apply in UCLA and very brilliant man, brilliant student, helping the students. He said, you can do this with the with the basketball team. So, so, you know, our students are aware that they are the techniques and we can take that space only five minutes before class. They feel really wonderful. And they always ask me, can we meditate more? Can I say, okay, will be a reward. And we meditated more later, but you know, it was so, so, so fantastic to see that. Really beautiful. So let's wrap up our discussion with one final question. Um, and Santa, you probably know this much better than we do, but what are some resources or programs that might be beneficial in supporting mental health as an educator? So where are some people places that teachers can turn to um, if they need help, you know, figuring out how to do how to be better about their mental health? Okay. I would say, first of all, is one, the teachers should be very like uh, honest, honest how you feel. Because as I said before, between the community, sometimes there is a tendency that you want to hide and you don't want to be seen that you are having certain challenges or maybe you need some support in your mental health, right? First of all, to be vulnerable and to go, for example, with the um the, the the providers the medical providers to speak to see in their communities what are some helps if you can see a therapist too you know because also it's very healthy if you can see uh, whatever um health provider can be there to help you but also to start like inquiry or going to see something that you really feel that you will like you know, in my case was meditation, but maybe for other people will say, okay, I would like to start maybe taking this dance class, or I would like to start taking uh, these I, there's, uh, teachers karate or things that they can really go and see that they will help for their well-being. But first of all is to have that uh, uh, investigation, how there are the ways and to be vulnerable because we need to put like that ourselves. If we feel that we can do everything by ourselves, that, that is not true. You know, we really need help. We, this is why we are here in the planet and we are alone in the planet. Mm -hmm. And this is why there are teachers. You know, it's okay. You know, there, there are teachers that say, ah, I do meditation, guided meditation with the YouTube and the music. And I say, it's very good to start. But if you want to go to this, the, the next level, call me or let me know because there are teachers that are here to, to, to help, you know, that we are certified to really guide you and train you for you to do uh, um, your meditation or your practice or your yoga practice the way that really uh, will be beneficial and also the optimum, you know, to awake your full potential. I will say that. And always trust in your intuition, always trust in your heart intuition. If you go to a place and look for help and you don't feel, you know, like you are connected, don't do it because you they will have, you go to the place that you feel connected. Always, the intuition. Well, Gonzali, anything yep. to add before we wrap up? Oh, no, I think she summarized it uh, very well. Um, <laughs> just to, to wrap up, I have my uh, set of notes here. <laughs> that I've been taking down. So if you can see, it's all filled up. <laughs> so we, we've actually uh, what a good pupil. learned a lot. Yeah, we've learned a lot uh, today. So 
this is something that uh, I definitely want to do because we need to wrap up and see what we've learned. Uh, first thing we've learned is about uh, transcendental meditation. So guys, to those who have been listening, look it up, <laughs> transcendental meditation, find out more. Uh, engage uh, Santa if you want to go deep into this topic. Okay. Then um, second thing we learned is about balance in life and also uh, serving others as teachers. That's what we do. So we need to find fulfillment in our life. Then the third thing is um, most of the time when we feel overwhelmed is because we are not enjoying life. Uh, we're not feeling fulfilled. We are not present. So uh, we want the day to move faster. But then when you feel that way, you realize the day moves even slower. <laughs> so that's the paradox so we really really need to focus on on our mental states um oh yes and my favorite research the 20 minutes of deep meditation is equivalent to five hours of sleeping um so dustin you can try that then number <laughs> five um things that help meditation yoga exercise breathing techniques doing things that you enjoy uh, and especially doing things with others and making this is a very good point that was raised earlier making your home your sanctuary okay so the practice of not bringing work home i know as a teacher sometimes that's not possible because we got tons of marking to do lesson plans setting of papers you know so that that's not always possible but try as much as you can to make your home a sanctuary um because that leads to number 6 and this is especially a note to the administrators who are listening. Happy teachers equals happy students. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you got to make your teachers happy. And <laughs> good leadership is key. All right, so that's the last point. Good leadership is key um, because it's very, very difficult to find leaders these days who are courageous, who break the mold, who don't think that the most important thing is just to complete the curriculum but also to take care of the teacher's well-being, teacher's mental health, uh, stress level, and especially who will actually take uh, action to help teachers to do the job that they want to do to the best of their abilities. Yeah. Exactly. Anything you want to add to that? You know, excellent. Uh, all the, 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 the review, the list, wow. <laughs> You're an excellent teacher. <laughs> <See that? laughs> but also, I would like to add something, right? I, I said, yes, this is, we call transcendental meditation, but does it mean that I'm doing the, the advertisement of transcendental meditation because I don't belong to the organization? You also can look as uh, Satwa meditation. Satwa is S-A-T-T-V-A. Satwa meditation, which means integrity, purity, or also Vedic meditation, which is the, the, the original name that was given by more than 5,000 years ago. And another thing that I would like to add, well, two things. You cannot give what you don't have. Oh, yes. Okay. And number two, we are nature, right? We are nature too. Our biology is nature. We are made of the five elements, right? So when you support nature, nature supports you. And this is a, 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 a phrase on a very ancient writing also, Vedic, the Vedic tradition, which is the Vedic, this, what I represent and how I learn it, right? So two things, again, you cannot give what you don't have. And the second, when you support nature, nature supports you. Okay. Thank you so much, Santa. My pleasure. Um, My pleasure. It's been uh, a wonderful session uh, talking to <laughs> you. Um, we want to reiterate the importance of prioritizing mental health in, edu in our profession, in education. Um, so for our listeners, please uh, like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast uh, with you. everybody that you know, right? And yes. um, this is just a, a note for our listeners. Uh, Teachers Talking will be taking a break for the holidays and because we need our to rejuvenate our mental health as well. <laughs> and we will <laughs> return on Monday, January 8th, next year, 2024. Okay. 
And the topic then will be to discuss building relationships and community in schools and our classrooms. So uh, from me, happy holidays, everyone. Dustin, your last final words. Santa, thank you so much for being here. Gonzali, I always miss you in between our podcasts. So thank you. And to all of our listeners, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for supporting us and listening to us. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Mm. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody.